This isn't just a review. We're going beyond that. I'm Kyler. And I'm Dallin. And we're here to talk about the moments, magic, and memories that we love in film. There's a lot to hate, but if you look a little deeper, there's so much more to love. We hope we can pass that on to you. I'm excited about this one because it's like, I think it's the first movie that we're doing that both of us haven't seen. Correct. Yes. So, um, we've talked a little bit about like our, our, like behind the scenes in a couple other episodes. Yeah. Um, this time, uh, I wanted to kind of touch on the fact of like, we're going to try to do episodes in groups of four. Mm -hmm. And the first one is a movie that we've both seen and we both love. It's both, it's important to both of us. And then one that one person brings to the table, and then one that the other person brings to the table. So that's one, two, and three. And then the fourth movie in the cycle will be a movie that neither of us have seen. And so it's kind of an experiment. And this time, it was a fantastic experiment. Oh, yeah. It went we, so well. <laughs> we were both so pleasantly surprised, I think. And yes. it, it, it's, it's not a movie that I think everyone loves, obviously. Yes. But uh, So we'll just get into it. The movie that we're talking about today is King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Yes, indeed. And that came out in 2017, and it stars Charlie Hunnam, Astrid Burgess Frisbee, Frisbee. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jude Law, and uh, I'll probably pronounce this wrong, but Jimon Hansu. Yeah. Uh, and it's directed by Guy Ritchie. Yes. And, I mean, like you said earlier, we were just so both pleasantly so, surprised by this. So pleasantly surprised. I had no idea. Yeah. So... So again, like I said, um, this is a movie that neither of us had seen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, well, technically, I went to the drive-in once, and it was the second movie playing, and uh, I fell asleep within the first ten minutes. Not because I didn't like it, but I was just so tired that day, so yeah, I just fell asleep in the back of the car, so I never got to see it fully. But, and I had heard things about it, yeah, and I'd seen like scenes on YouTube and, and yeah. stuff here and there, and so I always had like a kind of a passive interest right but i never actually seen the movie i don't think i'd even watched any reviews of the movie yeah so i i never really had any particular uh like bias towards Mm -hmm. towards or against it before we went into it i was just like i've heard mixed reviews like i've I've heard some people say like oh that's cool and other people like yeah i didn't really like it but right never anyone go into detail about anything yeah um and so we were just sitting there I think it was like two weeks ago. And we're like, yeah. Oh, let's try this. This is one of the ones we're interested in. Yeah. And, oh my goodness. Yeah. It, uh, it, I, re- I remember like the first like couple minutes it was playing, you like lean Literally less than two minutes in. Yeah, you lean over to me and you're like, I really like this movie. No, uh, it was, I'm pretty sure the basically the quote of yeah. what I said was, I can already tell I'm going yep. to love this movie. Yep. And we were like less than two minutes in. <laughs> And it was just, uh, some of the things that stood out to me in those first couple minutes is just how, you keep saying this, how different this movie is. Yes. And, uh, like, the sound, the, like, they have these big horns for when the the warlocks are, like, attacking and the elephants are coming. Mm -hmm. And and just the the music is also different. It's kind of... Right. I forgot. Sorry. Real quick. Obligatory spoiler alert. 
Yes. We keep forgetting. We keep forgetting. <laughs> That's we, it. That's it for you. That's we what haven't you get. spoiled really anything yet, but <laughs> King Arthur's in it. But yes. Oh, oh, I didn't know. Damn it. <laughs> now I can't watch this movie. Whole thing's ruined. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it's just it's such a unique movie. And I think that yes. might be one of the reasons why some people might be a little turned off towards it. Mm-hmm. Because they take such a unique uh, direction for this yes. story. People, when they think of thick... Uh, when they think of King Arthur, they have a specific image in their head. Yeah, and it's this this story has been turned into a film mm-hmm. many times. Oh yeah, so many and times. None of them are even close to this. No, and so I think that's why some people are like, "Whoa, this isn't the King Arthur I heard about." And even it changes a lot of the story too. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of the main points are still there, but right. they do take a lot of liberties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and out of curiosity, I decided to look up the Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. And uh, the the critic score was thirty yep. <laughs> percent, but the audience score was sixty nine. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, and so, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's something we're gonna regularly do because no, we just yeah. kind of want to take our own thing. But I was curious, and I was like, "Wow, I'm not super surprised, honestly." No, and I, it's really interesting to see the contrast between the critics and the audience. You know, yes. the audience seemed to over uh, like mostly like it. And yeah. the critics are like, yeah. basically 70%. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's a good majority. And I mentioned this to you while we were watching again today, that this isn't a movie that's meant to be like super thought-provoking or Oscar-worthy or, you yeah. know. But it's it's fun, man. <laughs> Guy Ritchie yeah. had a vision. Yep. And I fully believe that he executed that vision. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mentioned several times while we were watching it, this movie is not for everyone. No. Like... There a lot of the other movies we've... Well, I mean, we won't talk about three other ones. But the other movies we've talked about, for the most part, I'm like, yeah, pretty much everyone should like this. Like, it's yeah. just... It's it's easy to enjoy. Yeah. Um, this one is is pretty rough if, you, if you're not the right kind of audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, not everyone's going to have this as their cup of tea, you know, yeah. like... Uh, I, I think I said uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really take time to explain itself. Mm. At least not in the traditional way. Yeah. Uh, it does explain itself. At least to me, like. Uh, yeah. I, there's a lot of things you can pick out, but they're subtle. Mm-hmm. You have to be paying attention, and so uh, this this is a movie that absolutely must respect its audience. Right. And a lot of times people <laughs> aren't paying attention as much, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Just, yeah. It's right. just like. Some to some people, movies are a passive form of entertainment. You put it on the background, and you're just, cool. And if it's not expl- like sometimes, if it's not explicitly like spelled out, you yeah. know, they people general audiences can get confused or Go whatever. Over their head. Yeah, but I think one of the things we talked about is it may not traditionally explain things, but like it, lo- this movie loves to do these montages. These, yes, which and, are amazing. Oh, I, I love the montages. And there's there's the one where they're talking with uh, one of the king's guard. And he keeps like, no, go back to the beginning. Go back, you know, yeah, no, no, tell me about this. Jumping back and forth. And we, you mentioned that this, that whole montage really tells a lot about Arthur. That and the beginning well, montage. Well, the beginning yeah. one specifically. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, the, the very first one, which is immediately right, after yes. the title sequence, is yes, my that, favorite montage. Yeah. Because it, it just shows uh, Arthur's character development. But yeah. it does it all in like 30 seconds. Yeah, and it's it's so amazing how well it was edited together, 
that at least yeah. the two of us can like just watch that and understand exactly who mm-hmm. Arthur is, how he got there, and what he does. Why? And why. why he does? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it it just like sets up so much. It sets up how he saves money. It sets up how he he always defends you know like the helpless women. Yeah. You know, and just any other helpless like, person. Exactly, yeah. but like the he lived in the brothel. With, yeah. With all the you know. The whores, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't think no of really a, a better word yeah. of, to say. Yeah. Um, and they get mistreated a yeah. lot. There's several several shots in that montage where they're getting slapped or beaten or whatever. Yeah, and I think there's one where when he's younger, he tries to defend one of them and he and just gets he pushed. He gets beat up. Yeah. And then it shows that he goes to George and learns, you know. Yeah, it shows how he learns the sword mm-hmm. and learns fighting. And he's always putting stuff away. It shows how he is meeting the other members of his, his gang or group yeah. or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, his posse. Yeah. <laughs> and and how he builds the relationship with them and how yeah. he's always looking out for the little guy and and also how he kind of like pseudo gets along with the guards yeah. kind of. But where, only, where they only, kind of they kind of respect him, you know, they yeah. may not like him, but they get where he's coming yeah, from. Yeah, going back to that second montage you were talking about, immediately before that, the yeah. new guard busts into his the brothel. Yeah, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa hold up!" And then the guard's like, oh, "I'm gonna take your hands for that for like touching me or talking back yeah. to me." And then the other like more head guard, I don't know his name. Yeah. There's too many names. In this. <laughs> this is one where I'm gonna always forget people's names. Oh yeah, <laughs> but he comes in and he's like, "You're lucky." <laughs> usually, usually it's worse than that. You know, yeah. Usually, he's he you know he actually punishes you for, for yeah. messing with him, right? And <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way. There's so many names here, but I know a lot of like the actors and like the the head guard. He's a uh, Bruce Bolton from uh, Game of Thrones. I know you haven't seen it, but yeah, that's where I know. There's him. there's a, several actors from Game of Thrones in this. Yeah, yep. Although it makes sense though, because yeah. it's kind of just. Bloop. Move them over. Yep. One fantasy to the next. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Goose Fat Bill is played by... Uh, uh, oh, gosh. I Little Finger? Yeah, Little Finger. But I don't remember. I don't know I, his, his name. The actor's name I'm, I'm blanking yeah. on right now. But, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just interesting how the, the story is played the way that uh, Guy Ritchie wanted to. You know, he, he yes. took it. He was like, I'm not going to do it in a traditional way. I want to do it my way. Yeah. And... But, I like his way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it's it's fun. It's uh, it really. I feel immersed too when I'm in mm-hmm. the when you watch those montages. You feel like you're right alongside them. You know. Mm-hmm. And one other thing that I mentioned a couple times was how how I admire going back to like the editing of yeah. these montages specifically. Uh, how they will have a setup and then an immediate payoff because they will jump back and forth through time yeah to where it's like oh this is the the conversation in in the current yeah the current time and then we'll go to the past and see what they did that you know prompted this specific response yeah and also just like the banter between everyone yeah one of my favorite <laughs> ones is when he's explaining things about how they're going to take over the castle and the, the people that they need to do that and he's talking to Bedivere and uh, he, he's talking about, oh, this is the things that I'm going to say and the things that you're going to say, okay, you posh bastard, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I don't know if it technically plays out exactly the way he said it did yeah. or if it even technically did play out. Yeah. I think it was sort of a hypothetical. But at the same time, like, it's kind of hilarious to see how, like, how well he's, 
he's called all of this. He yeah. knows how people are going to react. He knows how their these interactions go. He's been doing this his whole life, like yeah. 20 years at least. Well, and that's another one of my favorite things is he like he goes through a lot in this film. Like uh, Arthur goes through a lot of pressure. No matter how much he goes through, he deflects with humor. Like even yeah. after, you know, towards the end of the film when he tries to throw the sword away and they come and get him and they are like, "Hey, are you okay? We don't want to push you." And he's want to push. You. And he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna take the castle." And they're all like staring at him. He's like, "What? You didn't want to push me? Come on, mates!" <laughs> yeah, like that's the. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're basically like, "Are you sure?" Yeah. And he's like, "I thought you weren't gonna push me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they go. Yep. Except then everything gets messed up. But, yeah. yeah. But that that's one thing I really like about Arthur's character, and I think why a lot of his men stand by him is he's a likable guy. <laughs> You know he, yeah. and he, and he's not just likable. He's a good person. Like yes, his his means are a little bit questionable, right? But he, they have to be. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things about this movie that I I love a lot is how just like gringy mm-hmm. or grungy that not yeah. grungy, <laughs> uh, and, and how grungy gr- and dark and this, grimy this yeah. world is. Yeah, it's like there's so much brutality. You, you see snippets of it here and there of people just being killed in horrible ways. and Well, and you see what happened when uh, Jude Law's character, uh, Vortigern, Vortigern, took, yeah, Vortigern took over. And just like you mentioned how his big tower that he's building, the architecture of that looks beautiful. But then you see all of the it's just like wasteland. The backs yeah. of all this horrible suffering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, that's one of my favorite. I have a lot of things I love about this movie, but Jude Law is just yes. something else. Uh, I I've been inspired by by Vortigern. Yeah, I really liked his performance in this movie. It it was interesting because there was no point in the movie that I that I felt bad for him or that I thought that he should get a redemption or whatever. But yeah, you could tell he was tortured. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I think my two favorite scenes with him is when first he has to kill his wife. Yeah, and later on he has to kill his daughter, and even more so. Oh yeah, with when he kills his daughter. Yeah, I think it, yeah you mentioned that uh, when he killed his wife, you know he was looking at her and it was painful and it he, yeah. it, it was premeditated. Yeah, he planned it. He planned it. Yeah, because he was like, we're gonna take the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill the king. I need this power. This is what we're gonna do. Yep. And and I think maybe to some extent it's also like, you know, there's a different relationship with with a spouse than it is with a child. Yeah, and especially, like, if you think about... Uh, there's a lot of things that aren't historically accurate, obviously. But, like, yeah. you think about that time, there were a lot of arranged marriages and things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so maybe he didn't get to choose. Maybe he yeah. maybe he didn't necessarily, like, love his wife. Yeah. At least not in the same way. Yeah. But a child is something different. Yes, someone you give life to, you know? He helped create that being. Yeah, and then he... <laughs> and then he had to... Take it away. Uncreate that yeah. being. For selfish reasons, obviously. Absolutely. But Horribly evil. Yeah. Horrible person. But it's just that performance that he does when he kills his daughter and he just... That painful scream that you just... Yeah. His face is just stretched out and he's yelling, you know, and just... Absolute anguish. Yeah. It, it just really adds to that villain where he's not... Like, he is plain evil, but he's not just a... 
oh, I'm just doing this because I'm evil. Yeah. I'm To me, villains are not interesting at all mm-hmm. if they have no emotions. Yeah. Besides anger. Right. Like, and and this uh, another big emotion that I think Jude Law has in this is his his greed. Because why yes. he's doing all of this is because of the power. He has mm-hmm. that monologue when he captures Arthur and he's mm-hmm. uh and he talks about how being feared is one of the most intoxicating things. Yeah, and the way he delivers that line, yeah. you believe it. <laughs> yeah. And it's also during during that monologue, yeah. He he walks out to a crowd of of thousands of people. Yeah. And he's like, "They're not here for me. They're here for you because you're the king. Yeah. They believe in you." Yeah. But knowing this, he stands in front of them, puts out his hand, yeah. and and like pushes it over the crowd basically. And as he goes across, they all bow. And then he turns around. He takes a moment to revel in it. Well, that the, the reveling, the little side glance he does. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's chilling. <laughs> and then he turns around and raises his fist triumphantly and they all cheer. Yeah. They all cheer his name. They all chant it. And I was like, man, if I could do that to a crowd <laughs> of thousands of people, I would feel pretty powerful. Yeah, and just the way that he explained it too when he said it was intoxicating mm-hmm. you know that also added to his character i think yeah. to where he he kind of gets off on this you know he needs that feeling and again the the fulfillment through the editing mm-hmm. the the setup and the payoff yeah immediately next to each other yep makes it very unambiguous yeah because in that scene you know you're jumping through you know you see him uh, at the crowd doing that, and then it jumps back to them putting his armor and explaining to Arthur about all of this and how he uh, kills the the woman that Arthur saved in the beginning, mm-hmm. and just just because he could, really, you know, it was it, it was it well, was yes, but it was also to break Arthur. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, it was it was both of it where he he was showing Arthur he was like, I can do this, and I know it's gonna hurt you. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Because immediately after he gives him the signal, he turns around. And he's just like, like put my cape. He, oh on. yeah, he yeah. he like waves his hands to his two assistants and he's like, continue putting my armor on. Yeah, because he doesn't care. Yeah, but but Arthur is just destroyed. Yeah, you can is... tell like Charlie Hunnam. He he has a really great performance. I mean, in this movie, but in that scene, you can just see the veins popping out of his forehead and just yes. like he wants. To, yeah, he wants to just end Jude Law right then. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's chilling when I like I I I've always really loved the villains in movies, mm-hmm. just because uh, you know if you do a good villain right, they're just fascinating you know yeah. and and the performance of the actors it you know it it's really cool and I think you know this may not go down in history as like you know Emperor Palpatine or you know uh, Lord Joker. Voldemort yeah Lord Heath Voldemort Ledger's yeah Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker but I think he just did a really good job that when you do watch this you're afraid of him. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there are some villains out there that are, you know, you're like, oh, that's kind of, he's kind of funny. He's kind of yeah. weird. Jude Law in this Vortigern. Vortigern? Vortigern, yeah. Um, he's just bone chilling, you know. Like, he's, he's terrifying. Yeah. He's terrifying. That scene that he has with Arthur when they first, actually, I think it's, yeah, it's when they first capture him. Uh, he's in, he's the, in his cell. He's in the cell and him just sitting there and uh, saying, like, I know who you are. I know. I know what you're about. <laughs> I've seen your coffers. Yeah, I've seen your coffers. We were busy. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, I actually have to talk about, I mentioned to you, one of the most chilling scenes I think he he has in oh, this movie. Yeah, is, I think let's get to get that later, but it's fine. Uh, no, it, it's just, yeah. as we're talking about this, is they capture um, 
I forget his buddy's name. Uh, I forget it too. But he's Blue's father. Yes. He's Blue's father that they capture, and he's already, you know... He's basically been mortally wounded in the the squabble earlier. Mm -hmm. And Uh, and they took refuge in this house, and uh, as they left... Yeah, Blue's father was like, "No, no, no! You guys go. I'll be, I'll be there in just a second. And the whole time, like yeah. through the th- ever since he gets stabbed, because mm-hmm. at first they're like out in the city, they're trying to escape. Yeah, and he's like, "You guys go, like go." And yeah. he, he forces them to go because they yeah. didn't want to leave him. Yeah. And from that point on, you know, it's like he's not gonna make it. Yeah. And you can see it on his face. You can see it in the way he talks. Yeah. Later on, when Blue finds him, mm-hmm. he's like, "Are you okay, Dad?" And, and all he says. Is, I don't remember the quote. But. He, well, he says, he says, are you okay, Dad? And he says, I love you, mate. Right. Yeah. And that makes it even worse. Yeah. Because, ugh. Yeah. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And just that scene where like, he's in the house by himself after they leave, and the Kingsguard and then Jude Law of Vortigern come in. And when Vortigern comes in, he just has this face. You know, look. just, yeah, just, yeah. you know, that... If you were in, if you saw that face in person, you'd probably be just frozen, <laughs> you know. Yes. And he comes in and sits down and is interrogating him. And then, of course, Blue doesn't want to leave his dad, and so he comes back and didn't know that the, yeah, the black legs were in there. Yeah, runs in on him. And, and I got to give it to him for most of it. The kid is smart. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean he's absolutely he's been trained by yeah. all these other people who've again been yeah. doing this for twenty yeah. years. So he so. comes in there and they're like. Uh, they're like, who are you? Oh, I'm just the cleaner. Immediate, uh, yeah. Immediate reaction too. Yeah, who's this man to you? Never seen him before. Yeah. And uh, and then, oh, this is where it gets me. Jude Law raises his knife to Blue's dad's ear, and he's like, "Then you wouldn't mind if I chopped off his ear?" And no, oh, it's not my ear. And then as he's about to do it, Blue Obviously, screams, "Yeah, like, no, no, you can't do that!" And of course, he chops it off anyways. And the thing that gets me the most is he. Takes the chopped off ear and says, "Into the chopped off ear. Now tell me where your friend is." Yeah, and just, oh, it's such a. I actually didn't notice that yeah. the first time. Yeah, and you you did mention it the first time, but I didn't see it when it when it happened. Yeah, like, obviously I don't want to show like the severed ear. Yeah, this is a PG thirteen film. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but like it is. Oh, it's so, it's so brutal. Yeah. Uh huh. And it's just it just goes to show how effective he is as a villain, I think. Yeah. You know? And then of course slits his throat later. Yeah. Yep, that too. <laughs> as as they're all kind of in a standoff, and then Blue's dad says, Take the kid and run and yeah. as he is saying that, gets his throat slit, cuts him and off. And then Blue has the, one of the most excruciating screams, you know, just I mean I think if any of us saw our father that we admire get killed yes. like that. Again, going back to yeah. The relationship between a parent and a child. Like, yeah. It is something that I do not understand yet. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I've begun to understand it. Uh-huh. But, oof. Yeah, because, I mean, I mentioned to you, like, just being in Blue's father's position, you know, just to tell him, nah, nah, everything's going to be okay. You go ahead. I'll be there in a minute. Just he's, how painful it must be for you to tell him that. He's playing it off. Yeah. He's trying to protect them by yeah by getting them out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, don't waste your time on me. I'm gone. Yeah. Get yourselves... Get yourselves out And of then there. to just tell Arthur, get him out of here and go. You know, don't worry, don't worry about me. Yeah, it's his final desperation. Yeah. Just take the kid and go. Yeah. And doesn't even get a chance well, to and say Well, we it. talked about it a little bit, but when 
Blue first found him and said, Dad, uh, are you okay? And he's, all he says is, I love you, mate. Yeah. You know, like, because he doesn't want his final words to be like, you know, oh, I'm dying here. Oh, I'm, or, you know, I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. Played off. Yeah. He, he really, he, Blue knows. Yeah. Blue's a lot smarter than sometimes yeah. they give him credit for. Oh, yeah. I actually really like him as a character. I do too. Um, I like how they kind of uh, respect Blue, too, even though he's a kid. Like, there are times where they're like, Blue, you gotta, you know, when they're talking about all the horrible stuff that's happening, Blue, you gotta step outside. And he's but, like, come on, I'm not a kid anymore. And they hand him Excalibur several times, and yeah. he, like, walks off with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, that kind of leads into uh, how I think all of these characters feel real and the relationships feel real. Yeah. Yeah. Their, like, their dynamics are amazing to watch yeah. mm-hmm. again going going back to the the montages because yeah. there's like seven or eight of them i yeah. think it's just it's hilarious to watch how they all carry themselves and interact and yeah and how intelligent they all are yeah even though they're like like peasants and whatever whatever you want to call them like they're yeah. all really smart people well and i liked i think there was one line in one of the montages where uh even though they're all really smart, uh, one of the uh, um, Benavir's guys is smarter about something, and King Arthur says, uh, that's what an education gets you. Yeah. They're, they're trying to sink a ship, <laughs> Yeah, they're arguing about how the best way to sink a ship. Yeah. And he just grabs a wedge, Yeah, and they're like, it's not going to work, and he shoves it in one of the boards on the side, hammers it down in water. Yeah. And then... And they're basically making fun of him at the time of like, oh, an education doesn't give you anything, like yeah. whatever... You need street smarts. Yeah. And then King Arthur's like, no, that's what an education gets you. It is like, you may be smart, but yeah. he knows the inner workings of a shit because he was taught, you know. And while, like, the main three, which I forget all their names, yeah. but it's, it's Arthur, Blue's dad, and... and uh, Wetstick? Uh, Wetstick. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. I want to say, like, fish, fish stick or, <laughs> or fish slap, but I was like, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> but the dynamics between those three, it's like, okay, these guys all know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Again, they've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> but then seeing that these other people that they we just got introduced to don't even know their names yet. Yeah. Like, they have something to offer. Mm-hmm. They are valuable. They're invaluable, actually. They're, they, they offer the exact thing they needed in that moment. And utilizing all of these different individuals, yeah. even if it's for only a scene or two, just shows how, like... It makes, like you said earlier, it makes me feel like all this, all this stuff is, is is like a living world. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's another scene that's similar that I really like that uh, they need an archer, and they ask, uh, I think it's Blue's dad. They ask him how far he can hit. He's like, ah, I don't know, seventy five. And then they ask Goose Fat Bill, ah, Goose Fat mm-hmm. Bill, how far can you hit? And he goes, oh, one seventy five. And uh, he's like, he mutters it very yeah, quietly. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's the same. He's like, no, he said one seventy five. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> And when, Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, and when and when they're testing it, I love how they're out there at 175, and uh, the first shot misses, and B- Blue's dad is like, "Hey, you could have hit us." And Bedivere says, uh, "Oh, they must have thought that was a lucky shot. Try it again." And he shoots a second one. Yep. And then just yelling at him. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the immediate setup and payoff. Yeah. He says, "I can shoot 175." They're like, "No, you can't." It cuts to them holding the target yeah. 175 yards away. Hits the target twice. Yep. It, it's just... I love it. It's so good. It is. Yeah. And it's so it's so concise. Yeah. But again, you have to be paying attention. Because mm-hmm. like, you, you blink 
or you look away for a minute and you missed something super important. Yeah, because those montages do happen pretty fast. Yeah. And uh, I just love, I think another thing that adds to not just the montages, but the movie as a whole is the music. Yes. Because it's just like all the other stuff in this movie. It's unique, but it's very effective. It, it sets the tone incredibly well. Yeah. There are several scenes where, I think I mentioned it in one of our other podcasts, but like it would not be the same. Yeah. The music made that scene. Like, yeah. The acting is great, yes, but the music was what put it all together. It was yeah. the glue, and it was, it was it's amazing. I love the main theme with like the... <laughs> yeah, like the like out of in, breath, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, it does a great job of, of showing you how like desperate this entire movie is. Yeah, the what, whole time what, they're racing against the clock and, yeah. and being, you know, the bad guys are hot on their heels, and so having that constant like heavy breathing just. Well, and one thing I like that you mentioned while we were watching it is that that music was playing and it's really intense. But there's one scene where they're they're acting all cool and precise. Yes. they've done this for years. It's you know? it's right when they walk out after the assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, probably my favorite sequence in the entire movie. Oh, it's yeah. like five or six minutes of just them running through the city trying to not get killed. Yeah. And just how, like, again, how desperate they are the yeah. whole time. But as soon as they walk out of that building, they're like, the the whole city's in chaos. And the music is, like, very fast, yeah, very high bum, tempo. Bum, it's bum, just bum, going, bum, like... Yeah. It makes you anxious, mm-hmm. but every single one of these characters, they're sitting there completely calm. Yep, walking out just like nothing's happening. Yeah. And I was like, just seeing that contrast is really fascinating. Yeah. I also like, there's one shot where they're running through uh, running through the town in this sequence, and uh, it the camera goes in on each of their faces. It's like the camera's right up on their face of mm-hmm. them going like, move, out of the way, move. And it goes to Arthur. It goes to Wetstick. It goes to the blonde kid. It goes to Bedivere. And it just shows them running and just like, you're right there with them. Mm-hmm. And it's just really fascinating. And then just watching how fast it all happens. Yeah. And just um, other things like when they're trying to jump from rooftop to rooftop, how it's a pretty long jump. It's probably a good like 12 12- at least 12 yeah. feet, and, not more. And how it's, uh, you know, the first few of them get over pretty easily, and then, like, it's difficult uh, for the next couple. Of- Fat Bill almost doesn't make it, yeah. and the guy after him falls down. doesn't yeah. make it. Mm-hmm. But then George's guys are right there and help him up. Yeah. So Well, and that's another thing I like, too, is, like, there are times where the whole group gets separated, but they always stick with at least, like, four of, of them, where, like... Arthur could be with Bedivere and Goosefat while uh, Wetstick is with Blue's dad and someone else. But the, and then they all meet up eventually and they help each other and just like... Well, yeah, because yeah. they have a plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they have everything planned out. And seeing the planning sequence before that too with, you know, the whole archery thing was, yeah. was really good because they're thinking about everything. Yeah. It's like we use this building, but then uh, Blue's dad is like, I know the guy who owns that building. He's not going to be excited about us trying to use it. Yeah. And they straight up ask him like... You fancy using your building for a king assassination? He's like, I get like, hanged. He's like, I don't think so. That doesn't sound like a great idea. But he's he's not he's not to the point where he's gonna just like rat him out. Well, yeah, because he does this thing where they're like, yeah, you'll get hanged. Uh, how do you feel about that? And he does this little, you know, the like, hand. Eh. Eh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not too thrilled about being dead. Well, see, and that's another thing that goes back to you know, uh, Bedivere's people are you know educated and smart, but Arthur's people they know the town. They know the city. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, as soon as that uh, 
warning arrow goes off, mm-hmm. you've got uh, less than, I think he said, two minutes till yeah. the gate's shut. And you've yeah. got at least a six-minute run to that gate. So mm-hmm. unless you're a Neapolitan... A Neapolitan horse? Or, a Neapolitan stallion or something. Yeah. Like, something like that. Basically. Neapolitan stallion. Unless you're a horse, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to make it. So... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the banter's so good. <laughs> it is, yeah. And just, I mentioned to you that uh, a lot of the dialogue is a bit modernized. Yeah. But it works. Like There's it works a lot well. of things about, like, I think a lot of the clothing, too. Is it, yeah. It feels pretty modern, at least to me. It, it kind of looks I'm like... I'm no expert on medieval right. clothing, but... It, it kind of looks like a mix of, like, modern and medievalist. Yes. Y- yeah. y- you were saying, though, that you really liked how, like, uh, Vortigern and his guard's armor oh, look... Yeah. And a lot of, like, fan- especially, like, fantasy games. Yeah. I think the one I'd, I'd pull out that's the most egregious is, like, Warcraft. Oh, yeah. Uh, their armor is, like, three inches thick, <laughs> solid steel, like, spikes everywhere. It's, like, just yeah. the most overbuilt and gargantuan thing you've ever seen. Yeah. And there's, like, there's no way that could ever be worn. Yeah. And also, there's no way that could ever be made. Like, actual plate mail... Full plate mail, the knights actually wore is like a few millimeters thick, if that. It depends. It depends on where on the armor you're talking, because it's like right in the middle of the chest. It's gonna be thicker, but if it's a different spot that's harder to hit, it doesn't matter as much. Yeah. But like all of the armor, it's it's embellished and it's got like big floofies and and pokies and and like and they eagle, have. Yeah. It's I think it's like a raven or something, raven, or right. like a raven head that's decorative on their shoulder plate. Mm-hmm. All of that. You can tell it's made out of plates, like sheets of metal. And based on the technology of that time, when they're making armor, they use like uh, two wheels that are pressed almost together. And they put the metal in between that, the sheet, and they roll it, and that gives it the curve. It, it right. stretches it out a little bit. Yeah. So like that's how they actually make the armor. So they can make sheets. They can't make chunks. Yeah. Like they don't know how to... I mean, they probably could, but... It's really hard to call it, carve a solid chunk of steel, let alone make a large chunk of steel. Yeah. Like, that's really expensive. So it was just, it was a cool little detail that I picked out where I was like, wow, I, I appreciate that that is actually, like, feasible with, with the technology that they had around. Yeah, like it's Even still, though this is a fantasy and... Yeah, like it's still a cool-looking armor. Yeah. Like, I mean, Vortigern's armor is just awesome. <laughs> and you can tell it's super... Super expensive, yeah. and super embellished, and and but crazy because he's the king. But, but like you said, even that raven looks like it was just you know the steel that was the sheets sheets that, of metal that were cut in a specific way, and they were all assembled to look like a raven head. Yeah. Instead of being like a solid carved iron raven head. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just I I think even though uh, some of the other costumes look maybe a little bit more modern or mm-hmm. not quite as fantasy as you would think. Uh, just looked right in that world. Like, yeah. like uh, I'd, I'd say it was consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the art style was consistent throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And it, it was different, again, mm-hmm. different. This movie is very different. <laughs> but I loved it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, like, it, I, I think I had this thought the first time we watched it. If I was to make a fantasy movie yeah. or game or something like that, if I was in charge of the art direction, it would look a lot like this this movie. Oh yeah, um, like the the fact that all the magic is very subtle. Yeah, there, you can still see some of the effects, like uh, when Vortigern goes to like crazy demon scythe mode. His oh, yeah. cape is so cool. Oh yeah, it's like and, the, the ashes and the the flames. And yeah. The, yeah, 
and at the beginning when Mordred is using his his magic to like suck the souls out of people and then like blow them up yeah and explode things like that you can see that's where they get to be a little bit more fancy and exciting right but like when even then though it's not like too, it's not over the top yeah it's not too crazy yeah yeah and when uh, the mage the woman she when she's using her powers it's very subtle and most of the time she's controlling animals and you see her eyes change yeah that's and, it yeah there's no like fancy glowy sparkly effect around their head or something weird yeah. like that or there's no like shimmer in their eyes yeah. it's just her eyes become the eyes of the animal mm-hmm. and then it does the things she wants them to do yep <laughs> Yep, and I think what's funny is I think the most quote-unquote crazy magical thing that happens in this movie is when the final big giant snake comes and attacks uh, Vortigern and his men, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, like, yeah, at the beginning we see some crazy stuff, but I think in the grand scheme of things, at least for me, that snake is probably the most out there of the magic, you know? Yeah. Well, and also when Arthur activates Excalibur. Yeah. That's pretty intense. I really liked that But scene. a lot of that yeah. is environmental effects. Yeah. It's not magic. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, giant, you know, sparks and, mm-hmm. and sparkles and whatever you want to call it. I don't yeah. Know, like lightning shooting out of it. No. I mean, it glows, yes. But yeah. it's like, it kicks up dust. Mm-hmm. And as he's moving as fast as he is and smashing people, yeah. like hitting them so hard they go flying ten feet into a wall. Yeah. Or like breaking pillars. Right. Um... And you see his eyes glow. And yeah, so that, that's glow, it. But... Like, the sword glows and his eyes glow. Everything mm-hmm. else is just a consequence of what he is actually doing. Right. And and also seeing the consequences. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. I, going back to sort of like the grime. Oh, yeah. These guys get beat up so yeah. much. I, I, I've said it several times, but I love it when they actually beat up their actors. Yeah, I uh, I remember uh, when we were watching it today how I mentioned to you that I really liked how in that scene where they're running through the town, uh, you know, they, they're getting beat up and they're beating up a bunch of guards throughout yeah. the whole scene and, you know, they progressively get more beat up and you see scars and, and, and uh, cuts. cuts and blood and, you know, uh, bruises. Yeah. and They and, all have something. Yeah. Because even if you don't get killed by a guy... Yeah. He could still cut you a couple times, probably. Well, and that's the thing that happens in movies a lot where, you know, a guy gets punched and he uh, he gets up and he has no mm-hmm. mark or anything, you know. If you get punched, you're going to have a mark. Even if yeah. it's not hard, you're going to at least have a, like a red not, mark, you know. Not to, like, jump yeah. to another movie. Uh-huh. Uh, or I guess in this case, series. But that's one of the things that makes me not love some of the DCEU mm-hmm. movies. Um, or, I guess, DC cinematic universe either way yeah but like when superman punches a guy yeah he doesn't like there's no mark there's nothing yeah there's not a single thing mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just in they're just completely invincible yeah and like yes i know it's there to kind of show power mm-hmm. but it almost makes the impact feel meaningless because right. there's there's you don't see anything well and that's i mean not there's to no go into weight. not to <laughs> going to a Marvel and DC debate when we're on here, but mm-hmm. like in Avengers Endgame, the final battle, you see Steve, he has his helmet on, so you can't see a lot of that, but you see there's blood running down his cheek. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Steve's not Superman, but yeah. but and you still see... dirty. Yeah, and, same with Thor and Iron yeah, Man, and, and you know, it, it's just, yeah. I think that grime and that dirt and just the, if you're being beat up, showing that they have been beat up really is effective it, 
it grounds you. Yeah. It grounds the, the movie. Yeah. It makes it seem more, you know, feasible. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, throughout this movie, that happens. You know, like, I mean, when Arthur... Constantly. Yeah, when Arthur first, you know, gets gets back after he was captured by Vortigern and his men, he is beat to crap. You know, he's got mm-hmm. his arm in a sling and he's got a big bruise on his face. And, yeah. Yeah. And in the beginning montage. Oh, yeah. It's one of the things that defines him. Mm-hmm. It's how he learned to be as good as he is. Yeah. He got beat up well, so you, many times. You see as, uh, you know, when he's Charlie Hunnam after that montage, you see him, he has scars from past uh, I think yeah, a lot and, yeah. of them are on his chest and his back. Yeah, and he has there are a, a couple on his head. He, yeah. He gets up and, and has, pulls his shirt off, which is drenched in sweat. Yeah. But like... You just, you see, you can see so much history mm-hmm. just by looking at this And then, guy. of course, his, his uh, scars on his hands from when his dad, uh, mm-hmm. when he picked up the sword and his dad took it back. And uh, that was another, like, big character moment, I think, for him. Mm-hmm. So, it's just uh, this kind of stuff. I don't think, you know, I, I don't put it, uh, I don't want to, oh, what's the word? Like, blame filmmakers who don't do this kind of thing. Because sometimes yeah. it's hard to remember, like, oh, this guy got punched. He has a black eye. Especially because they're filming so many variations of a right. scene. Mm-hmm. So many takes. They're changing yeah. things as they're going. But it's like, when you do do this, it it really adds to it. Yeah. It, it, it really, really does. The little details are the things that really make me... Yeah. Love a film. Yeah. And I we've mentioned it every single episode so far. But yeah. The, the little tiny things that they didn't have to do, but they chose to do it anyway because yeah. it was worth it. And I think, you know, throughout this episode, we've talked about just the relationships between the characters. But uh, I know this is a scene you really want to talk about, but the, the scene when they're, fi- they're it's at the end of them running through the city. Yes. And uh, they're going to try to escape through the sewers. And mm-hmm. Arthur's like, all right, you go, go down through the yeah, sewers. There's actually two things. Yeah. But, but this one, yeah. I wrote it down. Because yeah. it's uh, Goose Fat Bill. And, I mean, to a lesser... To, to another... Like, I mean, everyone there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but Goose Fat Bill is the one who says it. Yeah. And Arthur's like, all right, let's go. In the sewers, we'll escape. And Goose Fat Bill says, you first. Yeah. And as he's saying that, he's, like, pulling out a sword. Yeah. <laughs> and Arthur's like, come on, we gotta go. And he's... And, and then they're like, nope. And then he's I, like, I like he's, he's like, we're gonna die. And yeah, he's like, and yep, he, some of us will die and some of us will escape. Yeah, and I like how he goes to different people. He's like, I, I don't know the name, so he just goes like, uh, Tom, Tom, you go. I, I, I don't like rats. And then another guy is like, I'm afraid of the dark. Yeah. And he's like, uh-huh. Yeah, and then I, I, I really like where Arthur realizes that they're not gonna go. So he, No one. And he's gonna stay with them. And he's like, uh, I think he says, you cheeky bastards. and Something like that, that. yeah. And, and, and it, 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 it that's a huge part of his character is mm-hmm. his frustration yeah with the the lot he is given yeah the, the loyalty fact, yeah, yeah the fact that he is the king mm-hmm. like he hates it yeah. he absolutely hates it he never wanted to be the king mm-hmm. he never wanted the sword he didn't want this responsibility he didn't want these lives on his head yeah and after they escape you you see it there's he 
throws the sword in a lake. Yeah. He's like, I hate it. I want to get rid of it. Yep. Because he thinks back to all the, the people woman that, yeah. at the, uh, that uh, Vortigern originally killed, slit her throat. Blue's dad. Blue's dad. There's the, uh, the, the blonde, blonde guy kid. who mm-hmm. got left behind, basically. Yeah. Sacrificed himself to let them escape. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's one or two other people. Did he see his dad? Did he look? No. No, I didn't. Not in that one. Yeah. Not, not there. No. No. But he just looks back at all these people that he cared about deeply. Yeah. Or, or that... He didn't care about, but he they didn't died have the because relationship. Of him. But they sacrificed themselves for him, yeah. and he hates it. I I think that's a really good sign of a, a true sign of a good king, you know, like or anyone in power, you know, like mm. anyone who has his power, you know, if they don't want it or they're they're not selfish about it, they're not like I have this power and I'm going to use it for me. And Arthur is completely the opposite. He's like. I have this and I have to use it because I need to help these people, but... I'm the only one who can. I'm the only one who can, yeah. But I don't want them to die for me. Yeah. Because I'm not worth it. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm that... I'm not that important, basically, is what Well, and I think that I really like that it shows not only for his character, but it shows the others, their loyalty and their uh, friendship with him and how... Absolute loyalty. Yeah. It, it's... They believe in it. Yeah. Going back to that scene again, like... He's just looking at George, and George is like, nope, none of them are going to go. They train for this. They want this. Yeah. This is why they're here. Yeah. And yes, it is why they're here, but at the same time, Arthur doesn't want them to sacrifice themselves. Right. Because he cares about all these people. They have lives. They have families. And he understands this because he's there in the shit with them this whole time. His whole life has been awful, and he's helped these people with what he's been given and what he's fought for. Yeah. And well, he hates that they're throwing it away for him. Yeah. And what uh, the mage, what she says to him, I, I, I think adds to this too, is that she says, kings don't look away. First thing right? she says is, is look. Yeah. We all look away. We, we all look away. Kings don't look away. Yeah. Even I look away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's tough on Arthur. Like, as, yeah. as it would be for anyone, but... He ends up throughout this movie and at the end stepping up and I think when he finally confronts his past there, he realizes, like, I love that scene where he's talking to Vortiger and he's like, you created me. Yeah. You did this. You made me. You wanted to know why I have drive? It's because of you. And then he goes through it. He's like, you cut me on the streets. Yeah. You pushed me in the dirt. You beat me up. You broke me. Yeah. You killed my friends. You terrorized this land. Like, all of this. my father and mother. Yeah. You did it. You made me. Yep. And And that final, he, I can't remember what he says, but he takes his hand and he says something like, and I can't remember what he says, but he kisses his hand and um, says, I bless you for this. uh, He's like, you created me. Yeah. I bless you for that. Yep. You make sense of the devil. Yep. And just that final look of Vortigern where... As he's dying, yeah, he just, just like gives up, basically. Yep, he just <laughs> he knows that yeah. it's done. I mean, at the beginning of that final fight, Vortigern says, you beat me. Yep. You win. Mm-hmm. Now play with me. Because <laughs> he has nothing left. Yeah. And he's like, I, I still want to kill you. Mm-hmm. I hate you. You are, the, you are the thing that I've been trying to destroy for all these years. Yeah. The only thing standing in my way. And I hate you. Yeah. And I have to kill you even though you already beat me. Well, it's like when, uh, in one of the montages, when 
Arthur's asking everybody, what does Vortigern hate the most? Or what does Vortigern want the most? To kill you. What's Besides the, that. <laughs> to get the sword. Okay, work with me, people. <laughs> like, yeah. Finish his tower. And then, yeah. And again, it's it's a person who's not in his crew who's, who comes up with the right answer. Yep. What he's looking yep. for. They're all important. They're all intelligent. Yeah. And, and I love how it shows that each person that's there and included in this group is is invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just I really like the journey that Arthur went on in this, in this film. Yeah. Because he, you know, what's funny is there are times where the hero changes a lot. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say he changes too much, but he kind of changes the way he looks at things. You know, mm-hmm. the way he what it means to be a king, what it means to be this leader, you know. He doesn't become this old oh, posh king that I will save the world. He's still Arthur. Yeah. But he knows the responsibility now because of this. He knows why he needs to do it. Yeah. I I relate a lot with Arthur. Yeah. I've always been the kind of person who will turn a blind eye to my own pain Mm -hmm. to help others. And, like, to the point where I'll neglect myself Mm -hmm. a lot. And also uh, ignore my own emotions. Yeah. Because I don't want to deal with that. But at the same time, I... I will drop, like, at a moment's notice to help someone else with something that they're struggling with. And so watching him, you know, devote all of his time and energy to help protect others, but at the same time, the entire movie, it takes him, the entire movie, yeah, to figure out his own trauma of having his parents killed before his eyes and, you know, knowing that Vortigern did that. Yeah. And knowing that he's the heir... And eventually he has to figure this all out. Like, mm-hmm. it takes him till the final battle to finally come to terms with all of that. Yeah. And and just watching him go partway through that, like, revelatory moment where he goes back and, and views his own past. Yeah. Because in a lot of movies, it would just be like, oh, you go back, you see the thing you didn't want to see, and now you're all fixed. Yeah. He does it, like, four times and doesn't finish it mm-hmm. every single time until the very end and then going back to what you said about kings don't look away his father you mentioned that um he, at no point during the movie does he ask himself what would my father do yeah, yeah. what will my dad do yeah because that and, happens a lot with you know in movies like that where they're like oh man what would my dad my do? father who was a great king like, who, who i never knew who what would he yeah. do you know yeah i look up to him and that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing no no but it's just interesting that he never did that. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why is because he is repressing all of those emotions. Mm-hmm. He's re- repressing that memory. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want to relive it. Yeah. He can't. He's not strong enough. Um, and he finally, you know, relives it in, in kind of, he just changes it a little bit. Yeah, uh, and he, his, his... he accepts the sword, you know, like... Yeah. That's when he f- really does, I think, when he catches it before it hits yeah. his father. Because symbolically, it, he's letting it go, basically. Yeah. He's like, I don't want this burden. I don't want to bother with it. Yeah. Let it go. Let it sink to the bottom of the sea, stuck in a statue. Yeah. And so finally he walks up, catches the sword, and he and his dad looks up. He says, the sword is yours. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look away anymore. Yeah. Um, and also, you, if, you're, if you're paying attention during that final scene, that final like uh, flashback 
adult King Arthur doesn't show up until child King Arthur opens his eyes. Because as he's floating away in the boat, he has his eyes closed. Yeah. As soon as he opens his eyes, it goes back to the dock yeah. where adult King Arthur walks up. And wow, then, I, I actually didn't notice that part. Yeah, yeah I didn't notice it until the second viewing. Yeah. And the thing that also triggers this yeah. is when Vortigern in the final battle with King Arthur uh, says, I believe that sword belongs to me now. Because he said that to Arthur's dad mm-hmm. when he killed Arthur's dad. Um, yeah. And then that's when he tosses the sword up in the air and catches it with his own spine and <laughs> turns into a magical statue and sinks to the bottom of the bay. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might be the most magical thing in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so real quick, going back to how this movie doesn't explain itself. Yeah. Like, the scene where the the water just rushes away and yeah. there's a glowing light in the middle. It's like, what? what is that? What does this even mean? Yeah. And then they, they do show you afterwards. It's like, okay, it's the sword and the stone. Right. Like, this is where it is. Yeah. But it's just like, it doesn't it doesn't care. Yeah. You have to be paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, you're probably not going to enjoy it. Right, yeah. But yeah, I, I just... Uh, watching Arthur go through all of this mm-hmm. and and how much, you know, pain he has to actually deal with, it's, it's just... It's, it's really good. Yeah, really it is. Yeah, in in a fun fantasy <laughs> action movie. For lack of a better way of putting it, it. it's <laughs> it's great to have that in this type mm-hmm. of movie, and I think you know that's one reason why we think you should watch this movie is because of exactly that, is because of this, yeah. and we both enjoyed it. We know it's not going to be everyone's oh yeah uh, cup of tea, but absolutely, there's going to be people who watch this and are just going to be so confused. By <laughs> like, what the what the heck was that? But if you want a fun <laughs> romp. Where there are swords and magic and and uh, really fun dynamics between the characters, then yeah. we think you'll enjoy this. Definitely and, try it out. And like we said, the the music in that too. If anything, if you do anything, listen to that music because yeah. that's that's something else. I'd say probably as like the final thing, the the biggest thing that stands out to me. That's like the culmination of this whole movie is just yeah. the atmosphere. Oh yeah, the the feel of this whole film is just. Very, very unique. If you're willing, if you're willing to uh, draw, get drawn into this movie, you'll be immersed because yeah. of this world that they built. You might have to watch it once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Or I guess once or twice extra. <laughs> but yeah, but, but it, it is. There's a lot there. Yep. To find a lot of little golden nuggets to, <laughs> to extract. <laughs> yeah, and we loved talking about it too. Yes. So. Oh. And I mean, it's funny. We watched this movie. Two weeks ago, and we watch uh, we watched it again, and like I was just like I could watch it right after I watched it this time. You know, it's, it's just it's one of those movies yeah. that I could just watch repeatedly. Yeah, remembering that reaction at the beginning of just like oh, like yeah. you know, bouncing in your seat, like excited. <laughs> yep. That's how I was when I when we started this movie, and again, yeah. no no idea what was what was coming. Yeah, and just sitting there, just like oh my gosh, I love this, <laughs> and it just kept going. Yeah, it didn't stop the whole time. We were just kind of bouncing our seats, yeah. like yeah. And I think you know, even though it may not be the most traditionally quote unquote best movie in the world, <laughs> it's perfect for this. Yeah. this is exactly what we wanted. Yep, it's. It, it's not widely accepted to be good mm-hmm. or, or great or amazing, but oh my gosh, did I have yeah. so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and I'll probably watch it many times uh, in Going the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, 
But yeah, I think uh, we might wrap up here. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't watched it, give it a shot. Yeah. If you watched it and maybe didn't love it, try again. Yep. And th- if you want. Thanks for listening to us uh, ramble on about it for almost an hour. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to two idiots talk about random crap. <laughs> <laughs> we really enjoy talking about this. So thanks for listening. Hope you.